Hey everyone, my name is Yaro, and you're listening to the Daydream Worlds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again. I'm really excited to share this episode at this particular time because I guess we're all approaching our first、um, anniversary of going into lockdown and understanding that we are or we were heading into a pandemic. And obviously, that's happened in different ways and different stages for all of us. But very roughly, I guess. Um, we're all approaching this time where we're taking stock and thinking about, you know, what, what's been going on for us, I guess. And so, yeah, in this interview, I spoke to Avni Tuivedi, who's such a beautiful body worker and educator, and who was really generous in sharing about how lockdown is affecting our bodies, how we can make space for grief, how we can hold all these different emotions and uncertainty in ourselves while. Also, you know, living cyclically and staying true to our own experiences. So, yeah, this feels like a really good episode to share right now. I want to say sorry for the sound quality. You'll hear Avni really loud and clear and beautifully, and my sound is a little bit off and muted, strangely.、Um, I really don't know why that is,、um, and it's almost a bit like. Uh, <laughs> there was a spell on Afni and me recording because this is already the second interview we did, and、um, the first one was sadly completely unusable, sound quality wise. And the second time round,、um, Afni came through really beautifully, and then my I don't know what happened on my end, but the good news is that I hired the wonderful Emily Crosby to help me with tech. Um, around podcasting, so that shouldn't happen again. And I also feel that. It's really mainly about Avni and、uh, her story and what she's sharing. So you'll hear my questions,、um, not so clearly, but I think the main thing,、um, which is Avni's voice, is is really well、um, hearable. So that's good. So a few updates before I share the episode from me. I continue to heal slowly but surely. I broke my leg on New Year's Eve, and I'm still in a hard cast. And will be not walking for another few months,、um, but I think that I'm much more settled in this experience now. I'm more grounded in my rhythms and my work. I have、um, help with someone coming to walk the dogs, and also the snow has melted in Scotland now, so spring feels much more within reach, and that's so nurturing.、Um, I live on the first floor, and I wasn't able to kind of. Take my my crutches down the stairs into the garden until the snow melted. So now that this is gone, my world has really expanded from my flat into the garden,、um, and that feels so good. So I'm really excited to see what joy that will bring over the next few weeks. We have also、um, made some changes. I say we. I mean, I mean, I made the changes, but everyone is participating, and I'm so grateful. Um, in the embodied ritual community, so as you've known, I have offered a Patreon for many years. I've, I've offered、uh, different low cost programs last year. Through winter, in the last five months, we had weekly creative space sessions on Saturdays, which I really love and have been so nourishing. And I've now, more recently, also set up a Mighty Networks for us. So this is our own space. It works like Facebook, but it's Definitely not Facebook,、um, and we all talk about rituals and embodiment and the resources that we enjoy and the art we make.、Um, so you're welcome to join us. And I also wanted to announce、um, sm- another small change that I'm making to make things even better. 
A few of you who are patrons, and thank you again to you, have requested themed workshops. So for March, I'm going to offer fortnightly creative space sessions and then an additional themed workshops to all patrons at any level. So in March, that means we have creative space sessions on the 6th and the 20th. And then on Sunday, the 14th at 6 p.m. UK time, we have a workshop on self-massage that I'm extremely excited about. I'm going to share about making herbal infused oils. Um, I'm going to share about you working with tools um, like a head massager or um, yeah, whatever you have around really. And then I'm going to share rituals and specific massage techniques that I think that really work well when we're on our own. I think this is such important work to stay present with ourselves and our experiences and connect with our bodies in ways that are safe and really don't have to be sexual at all, but that just feel good, right? Like I miss touch so much and I'm really knowing that I'm not alone in that experience. So let's see what we can do together. I'm excited for that and you're welcome to join us. And now I'm going to listen, let you listen to today's episode. Thank you again. Hey everyone, I'm so excited and grateful to speak to Avni Devedi again. I have to say that sadly, or luckily, I'm not sure, <laughs> this is the second attempt um, to record an interview. The first time there was so much beauty shared already and it hasn't quite worked out technically. I wanted to come back to speaking to Avni again because I really love her work and her message so much and wanted to be sure that you have a way of listening to the interview that he, that feels really good and sounds okay. So yeah, Avni does really beautiful work around embodiment and loss and grief and medicine and um, she's also a doula. So I'm really excited to speak to her again and hear how this year has been for her, what she's seeing in her patients, what she's dreaming and writing about and what she has to share around our bodies and how we can integrate all of what's happening. Avni, thank you so much for making time again. <laughs> thank you for having me back. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to start with just kind of a general overview of what you do. I've kind of hinted on a few things, but if you're meeting someone in an elevator and they're asking you what you do, what do you usually say to them? I always feel that I... I haven't quite ever worked out what my elevator pitch is. <laughs> like I'm not slick enough, but I I support people with body work. So I'm an osteopath and I work with my hands and really enjoy helping people to be more connected to their body. So that might be helping them to deal with an injury that's causing them discomfort or supporting a woman through pregnancy, or it's just helping someone to actually feel more settled in their body. And mm -hmm. There's the hands-on bit of what I do, and then there's there's other things that have been developing, like movement practices, and um, I have a podcast called Speak from the Body. So there's been different ways of kind of expressing what I do in the last few years. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think these kinds of support are so, so valuable. I mean, you know this, I hope everyone who listens knows this, but just as I was listening again to you talking about how you use your hand, I was feeling this rush of gratitude in my body to know that you do this work and other people do this work because it's not always a part of the mainstream and, and it's so important and so beautiful. And I think I've always known this, but this year has really kind of like brought this home even more. 
Um, so speaking about this year, we're recording this on the 5th of October 2020. And I would love to hear what lockdown has been like for you. I know you live in London, which is probably its own experience. And yeah, like what has it been like for you? What I, I you have a beautiful home, I can see. <laughs> so yeah, what what is it like as a body worker this year? Lockdown initially was so much shock to process because I'd gone from thinking that people were overreacting completely and really being quite irritated at how much people were reacting to it and you know just there was a time when there were just so many conversations about COVID that just wouldn't stop and then it got kind of I felt it looming closer and closer like lockdown is going to happen and then I stopped seeing clients a few days before it was properly announced so initially there was shock and I just needed sleep and to just feel what it's like to not have to go somewhere and you know and then that started to shift and I wasn't too regimented with things but I had certain things like I was really taking care to cook nice meals and got into growing stuff like so many people did um and it was it's been the most um unusual time for having time with my husband at home which is just not our normal reality so even though you know there's been a lot of sadness and a lot of suffering and um worry for not being able to see our parents who are all quite elderly in terms of our little unit it's actually been really solid and I think we've needed that from just some challenging few years yes that resonates and I hear that a lot that actually there's been beautiful sides to as well and it's complicated to hold both right and yeah I also remember really needing a lot of sleep in the first wave of shock and just noticing how everyone is on their own timeline of realizing what's happening and like coming to awareness and then integrating that it's it's wild yeah um you already spoke a little bit about loss and uh trauma and things that happen around this so I wonder maybe this is a big question I don't know but what are you grieving at the moment oh in some ways I think the space that's opened up of not being able to rush around has meant that I've been able to grieve some big bereavements and some big losses in the last few years that I felt like I'd processed, but I'd also had a tendency to keep going. And also because I'm the kind of person that likes to make meaning from situations, I was, you know, getting to the lesson of this um, experience rather than always able to just feel the, the fullness of it. Um, I've grieved or I've been grieving a shift that's been coming anyway, but it's been accelerated that... I didn't just want to be a hands-on practitioner. Like I knew that that wasn't satisfying me enough. And I knew that I wanted to have a bigger purpose and a bigger expression. Um, but I've also worked really hard. Like to train as an osteopath takes five years. And I've done another, I would say, at least 10 years of postgraduate training in some form or other. So to get to a certain point and then just go, yeah, this doesn't look like what I really want. Also feels quite um, frustrating in many ways. Um, and 
although you know like I'm simply happy and I'm grateful for certain you know the ease of having like hot water in the taps and things like that I do grease you know just the the things that become everyday things that you know aren't always necessary but they're losses and it's coming up to the valley in about two weeks time and you know I often have this kind of slightly petulant resistance to having big family gatherings but actually the older my parents get the more it's that reality of one day there won't be these kind of big family gatherings and so you know I grieve that of my nieces and nephews are getting older my one of my nephews has started a master's and I'm like what he just started university how did that happen so yeah change yes change and the time passing I feel like this year time has contracted and also expanded in such mysterious ways and really shifted all the time and was so hard to keep track of mm -hmm. I know that you're supporting people with loss in different ways and I would love to hear a little bit more about that um I actually hope to work with you on loss one day it hasn't yet been the right timing but I'm always seeing what you're up to and um, I'm, I've trained as a death doula myself last year, so I'm really interested and curious what that work will look like for me. And I'm not sure yet, but I would love to hear, yeah, what what you find has helped this year and what's showing up for people. Well, the the loss workshop that's called Moving Through Loss that came about partly because I just didn't feel like there were enough services to do with loss and grief, or there would be the idea that the expert is telling the person what they should be thinking and feeling and when they should feel better. And, and being a body worker, I just give the onus back to the body. Like that's where things are felt. So I created a workshop and used different tools to help people to connect with their body. And it's done in a really gentle way. So it's generally on a Sunday. So it's a kind of slower pace and really creating this feeling of safety so someone can actually go inwards and it's done in silence so there's not that kind of distraction of the outer world um, and also it's now online so what was done in a room is now online which has actually been quite nice to to see what that brings up um, and I've had people come in very, very different states of like some have gone through very fresh losses and others it's really historic. And the the kind of similar feedback is how gentle it is and how easy a space it is to go into, which I I feel really grateful for that paradox that the heavier things in life don't always have to be heavy for us to address them. Um, and I think there's something about you know, giving the kind of the onus on the psychologists or the therapists in this realm, which I just, I don't agree with, because there's a separation about the mind and body that happens, which is not how we work. So it's, it's work that's really important to me. And because it's done in such a private way, the person isn't having to justify their loss you know it can be any but it's a real acceptance of whatever is a loss to you is a loss to you and then be with that loss um which sometimes when we get into the story of grief and loss there can be this thing of what's the most tragic or what's the most traumatic and almost like one-upmanship on the story and I just don't think that that's necessary that you know loss is loss and pain is pain 
Yes, there was so much there. I was just nodding along, which people couldn't see. But yeah, I loved everything that you said to really kind of honor the body in the process and not be descriptive or prescriptive about what a timeline is or what a good or worthy grief is. I think this year has really opened this conversation up so beautifully. And so many people have begun <clears throat> with smaller losses, just like grieving that so much of our freedom is gone, that we don't have the same social connections anymore, that we have lost so much stability or at least perceived stability that we um, felt that life, life was so much more predictable before all of this happened. And I think for many of us, that's also a, a kind of doorway to look at or look at again those bigger losses that are more historic and I love, yeah, I love what you're describing so much. And I really, I, I love the idea of grief list literacy almost being like a muscle that we come together and we witness each other. And the more we begin to name and share and feel in our bodies what, it like, what it's like to feel loss and grief, I, I feel like there's a real sense of resilience as well. Because every time I am in this kind of experience that you describe, I become more confident in thinking that I can do it again. And you know, when, when something bad happens again, I might be able to cope with that as well. Am I back? Yes, yes, okay. yeah. <laughs> I was just waffling and basically reflecting on what you were already sharing. So yeah, as <laughs> much. So I'm glad you're back. Um, <laughs> I would love to hear how you first got into this work because like you said, you've done extensive training over a long period of time. And yeah, how did you start out? Was that always something you wanted to do or how has that come to be? I've always, like ever since I can remember, been interested in like the bigger questions, the deeper questions. And we grew up with having three of my grandparents at home with us at different stages. So, you know, like the loss of grandparents of dying was some of my early kind of difficulties or difficult experiences. And then when I became a doula, um, I think it's such a parallel of how we come into the world and how we leave the world. Um, so they felt like natural and aligned aspects of the same thing, really. And working with so many women through pregnancy, loss is just part of pregnancy, sadly. You know, some of my most you know the deepest experience when I've been working with clients is clients who've lost babies along the way and it's something that doesn't get talked about enough and it affects the therapist or practitioner that's working and also it's frustrating to see how few resources are available and how the shame of society just means that things don't get talked about and you know there's just so much there so I just over time felt like I had more and more tools that I could work with. Um, and for my own experiences as well, when I've had uh, losses in the past, whether it's been bereavements or breakups or other forms of losses, you know, there've just been times where I've been so lost and not able to express it. Like my, my grandma died when I was 14 and we shared a room and I had really bad insomnia afterwards. And I used to go in the middle of the night to my mum and dad's bed and have to just sleep there. And no one spoke to me about it. Like it was just not talked about. And to think, gosh, in my 40s, I'm only now starting to find a voice for like 
yeah that was traumatic to you know to have to share a room with someone that I'd seen her dead body in her bed and then no wonder I couldn't sleep afterwards for a while you know so I I feel very firmly that when you learn something there's an onus to share it or teach it and so as I've become more equipped for myself it feels important to share those tools yes um I almost want to go back to 14 year old Avni and give you a hug and be like (laughs) there will be time and space in your future life to talk about all of this and it's valid to not be able to sleep yeah that's really big Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing um We've already touched on kind of the value of bringing the body in and really listening and developing that practice. And I wonder, at this time, what do you wish more people knew about their bodies? Like what feels like a good starting point to start looking and listening? Oh, there's so many things. Um, Our bodies are with us and they're not to be fought. They're not to be controlled or overridden there to be listened to and rest is crucial and if we don't create the space for ourselves now unfortunately our bodies will have to create it later so better to do it as a conscious choice than have to deal with other things um And fundamentally, we're responsible for our body. So we don't have to agree to anything being done to us. We can be, you know, we can choose whose hands we put ourselves into and choose the information we want to respond to. But so much. I mean, that, yeah, that's just like a lifetime of work. I feel like, like say in, in, in clinic, I'm often having conversations with clients and just saying, what do you mean you don't like your therapist? Why would you go to a therapist you don't like? Like, why would you sit in the space with someone that you don't like them? Like, and it, like no one was ever told that you don't have to do that. So there's so many things of giving autonomy or the idea of what's a yes and what's a no. And that gets overridden, like someone in labor and she's asked whether she'll have a vaginal examination and saying yes when she doesn't actually mean yes. You know, there's so many situations like that of your body's precious, but, you know, you have a voice. Yes, and it's really hard. I I love that you shared that. I think this overriding can become so ingrained and so present that it's really hard work to come back to the yeses and the noes and to intuitively feel them in one's body. I definitely remember at my 20s having massages where I was really tensing up and not enjoying the touch at all. And yet I was completely mute and didn't say, oh, you know, like, can I have more or less pressure? Or this doesn't feel quite right. Can we move on to the next body part? And I remember that. And now I want to go back and be like, this is my experience that was meant to be supportive. Why didn't I say something? Yeah. Situations like that are so awkward, aren't they? The same of like having a haircut that you don't like. Oh, and, God. <laughs> you know, it's just not easy to, you know, so even though I think we should all have that autonomy, it's not always easy. And, you know, sometimes we'll kind of just appease the situation rather than have that awkwardness on the outside. But yeah. it's, it's the fact that our bodies feel it internally that mm. I think is really important. It is, yeah. 
You're offering so many beautiful modalities. One of them is zero balancing. And I would love to hear just a little bit more about what that is because I hadn't heard about it before speaking to you. It's a form of body work that I really love because it looks at the structure of the body and it looks at the energy system. So it's like osteopathy and acupuncture combined. And the man who founded it, Fritz Smith, he's in his 90s now and he is an American doctor and an acupuncturist and osteopath and had spiritual experiences and was um, in that real kind of exploration in the 1960s. And there's such a humanity about the way that the touch is used. And like I'd studied osteopathy for five years and had never really looked at touch. So it's something I intuitively knew that was really important but never got that intellectual part of, you know, exploring the curiosity about touch. Um, so when I trained in zero balancing, it was a very different experience of having almost like an apprenticeship where you would have to do the body work on the teacher so they get to know your touch and help to improve your sense of touch. And the difference of if you do something that's from your full body rather than just applying touch just from the fingers. It just feels so different. Um, and as well as it being a type of bodywork, it's also a philosophy. So there's, there's things that you can look at, like when you're looking at structure and energy, it's like in life where you need certain boundaries, but if the boundaries are too 